The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News. Today's Talk. 640 Toronto. My friends, time just flies by indeed. Another weekend is upon us, and we're digging our way through what is typically the toughest month of the year for stock investors. Uh, one day at a time, and uh, indeed, this too shall pass. And of course, uh, every investor in most asset classes, especially real estate investors, of course, are waiting for the central banks globally to stop raising interest rates. But the message from those bankers is we're not stopping anytime soon. And again, an asset class that is so dependent on the cost of money, i.e. the cost of financing, is real estate. And I think it's an understated statement until it's, well, almost too important not to discuss. Uh, you know, Jack and I, and good, morning, or good evening, Jack, but you and I have been talking about the influence on real estate prices for the last 10 years and how much cheap money has driven prices higher. Uh, correct? It's, it's true, Wolf. Uh, Canadians have had a love for real estate, and I'm going to say it ended um, with some euphoria um, at the end of or at the beginning of this year, you know, January, February, March. Um, markets started to turn, and it was because of interest rates. So, you know, traditional economic factors matter. The cost of capital, the cost of finance, the project, or to uh, invest in real estate um, is, is really biting into uh, the wallets of Canadians right now, especially the uh, the higher levered ones. Yeah, and again, it's all about that monthly payment. Monthly payment, monthly payment. If, if I can afford the monthly payment, if it's cheaper than rent or comparable to rent, why not? Uh, the only issue is what happens if and or when that monthly payment goes up. And again, so many people are, are just accustomed to interest rates going lower every six months or so until that trend stops. Now, who better to speak to about uh, the effect on real estate through higher interest rates? Mr. Frank Leo, the lion. Uh, he's been around since the, well, the recession of the 90s. Uh, guess what, Frank? That's when I bought my first home, 11 and three quarter percent is what my interest rate uh, was at the time. Uh, good evening, my good friend. Frank, uh, I do hope you are well. Please, jump in here and, and talk to us. Uh, I am. Some, thank I'll, you I'll very much, Wolf. Appreciate yeah. it. And Jack, thank you for having me. Yes, uh, a lot has changed with uh, the interest rates and, and real estate, so, uh, you know, it's on people's minds. And, but, you know, you mentioned something, Jack. Uh, sorry, Wolf, that uh, the interest rates were a little bit higher back in the 90s. And I think uh, we've gotten too used to these wonderful low rates that really are unprecedented in, in history. So um, that's why for the last, uh, well, long while, when you did go and get approved for a mortgage, there was a stress test. So you were approved for actually a couple of percentage points higher than what you were applying for. And so now this comes in handy because the people who did get a mortgage should be able to withstand some of the increase in the mortgage rates. Oh, without question. And guess what, Frank? I'm one of those people. Variable rate mortgage. Oh, <laughs> delightful. Uh, indeed. Uh, I, I borrowed money, Frank, two years ago at 1.65% variable rate. Uh, did I want to walk in at 25 Why would I do something like that when I can borrow money at 1.65%? And then, sure enough, 
uh, <laughs> rates began going up, and uh, here I sit paying now close to 5%. What does that mean to me, Frank? And yes, I can afford it, but it means I'm shelling out another, call it $45,000 a year in interest payments. I repeat, I have to now spend another $45,000 a year in simple interest payments. That money is not going to therefore go into the real economy to buy uh, underwear, for example. Not that I'm not going to buy new underwear, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You know, it, it, it is dipping into the disposable income of families, and of course we, we take that very seriously. One of the things that we have to really look at is, is, is readjusting to a more traditionally or historically normal interest rate. And so that's where we're headed a little bit higher, but that is, is something that we had to expect because we were at such a, you know all-time low that it couldn't be for the long term. But I'll share with you some good news because I know that a lot of bad news is out there, and, and we're talking about Toronto, which is a, you know, a big city, fourth largest city in North America. You know, the sales, they, they focus on some of the negatives. So I'll give you some of the stats. Last month in August, there were 5,627 sales, and that's, that's the number that it was. But if we compare from August 21 to August 22, there's a 34% drop in sales. And so people were pulling their hair out until we kind of remind them that last year, was an all-time record sales. All the stars had aligned and sales were very high, so we did expect a decrease. What most people don't know is that from July of this year to August of this year, sales were actually up, right? There were more sales. So that was about 11 to 12% increase in the number of homes sold. And also, prices were up by 2%. So what that is showing us is that we have a resilient market. If you remember, even in the high times, what we were told is that there's not enough homes out there for the amount of buyers. That reality has not changed. So I can't talk about you know the world or, or all of Canada, but I'm talking about Toronto and the GTA. We have a strong you know support for this market that you know is really showing us that the market is not really you know going down drastically. That there is. Some, some demand and the prices are being maintained and the supply is actually less than what we would expect it to be. There's no question, Frank, there is a supply issue. The, the, the global real estate market is very tight on supply. Um, so, and, and we're seeing that from multiple markets. The, the question I want to ask you as a Torontonian in Toronto proper, um, from peak prices, where do we sit today? How far away from peak are we, or are we still at peak prices in Toronto proper? Well, there was a spike, as you mentioned earlier, as John mentioned, between uh, probably end of February, early March is when we saw the, the decline when interest rates started going up. So that was the peak, and from that point, I mean, it depends where you go, but it could be anywhere, you know, 15, 15%, 20%, depending on where you are, it has come down. But remember, those prices were skyrocketing every week. We were talking about removing bidding wars. There wasn't enough supply. It was a, it was a crazy time. You couldn't keep a home on the market. Well, you know, that was not sustainable. So, so with a home, there, a home in, Scar- in a home in Scarborough, you're telling me a typical home in Scarborough on a 50 foot by 120 lot, an old bungalow, um, that perhaps is down about 15 percent from peak price that you think that you said was uh, stretched. Absolutely, there's been an adjustment for sure. And and, and so the same thing in, in Little Italy. Remember that, uh, and it made the Toronto Star. Was it a garage in a back lane that was sold for you? You know the story, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it sold for like a million dollars. 
Would that piece of real estate, that postage stamp, still be holding that value, or you think yeah, that's corrected as well? No, it's corrected as well. I'm sure it, it, it all has corrected. So, um, you know, one of the things we have to mention, though, is this, is that, you know, what happened back then, so the prices were higher, but what was cheaper was the cost or the price of borrowing money, so the interest rates. And so when someone buys a property, they're not just buying the property. So even if the price is lower, the cost of the mortgage per month is higher. So the monthly costs really haven't changed a whole lot. The monthlies haven't changed. The price has been adjusted on the asset price, whereas previously what was happening was interest rates were going down, and so therefore people were taking on more debt because the monthly didn't change. Uh, it's interesting. I know Jack uh, is trying to grab the mic off me. Jack, over to you, my good friend. Yeah, thanks a lot, Wolf. And, uh, you know, the market certainly has changed. Uh, Frank, would you say that we're in a healthy uh, market now just with rising interest rates? Um, some of the, uh, I'm going to say a more sane uh, market, but is it, is it a buyer's market, a seller's market? Is it balanced? And, and what are some of the tactics that you're seeing in terms of negotiating? Because before it was just like who would come in with the, the wildest bid and they're going to take it. Um, wh what are sellers doing now and how are they positioning their properties and, and how are buyers um, you know, negotiating as well? Well, I mean, it is a more sane market in the sense that it's more sustainable because if we had rapid inflation, you know, as you know, it can get away from us and cause us tremendous problems, and we don't want that. Um, in terms of market dynamics, there still is not enough homes on the market. We look at about five to six months is when you get a balanced market or going towards a buyer's market. We're about two and a half months now of inventory. So it has gone wow. down. It was typically in, in July, it was at high three, three and a half, but now it's down to two, two and a half. So, um, so we're still in, in, in seller territory. The prices are still strong and it still is um, a hmm. seller's market, but it's, it's better for buyers because buyers right. now, sorry, go ahead. No, I was say, right. But in, in this environment, so say a year ago, you, you put your house out, uh, if, if you think it's worth 1.5, you maybe put it at 1.3, and then someone would come up with a $2 million offer on it. Um, I'm going to assume that that's you know, not a good tactic right now. So how are sellers positioning themselves, and, and what are buyers using, I guess, as leverage for negotiating? Well, I think the way it works is, um, is buyers are looking at getting the best home for their, for their dollar, and, and they're looking at prices going down. Sellers are hoping to get the prices that they were getting in, in August, sorry, in, in February and March. Um, so that's what's happening. But because interest rates are not, you know, frozen, they're, they're expected to continue to go up a little bit. And so as long as that is the case, that's going to make the cost of borrowing higher and, and the pressures to, you know, to real estate to go down. So if you want to get more money for your home, the idea here is that you should be the next home to sell. Because if the next home is selling at a lower price than the previous home, the one after that will be even lower. So you're chasing, right? So um, if, if those are the factors. Remember, the government has a lot to do with this. We, we don't have uh, control of the market. Uh, if I can share one, one great analogy uh, uh, of the market, I remember someone asked Stan Lee, you know, about his, um, Stan Lee being the Marvel Comics, uh, you know, uh, creator. And he says, if you had two characters, for example, Wolverine fighting Iron Man, who would win? And you know what he answered? Whoever I want to win. So the government has control of, of the economy. They can, you know, reduce or increase interest rates and create situations for price easement or price restrictions on properties, and that's what we don't know. But the way we're going right now, it seems that there's downward pressure on, on the properties. 
The show is Hi-Fi Radio. Each and every Saturday, Jack and I bring you a show about money here on 640 in Toronto. We're talking to Frank Leo, a.k.a. Frank Leo the Lion, uh, one of Canada's preeminent uh, real estate brokers, highly highly knowledgeable in a very important asset class. And, of course, he was talking about uh, a man who I met back in my CP24 days, Mr. Stan Lee. What a cool man, and may God rest his soul. But I like that response. Whoever I want to win the fights is Stan Lee. I like I wish I had such power. But guess what? I get to choose the guest for this radio show along with my buddy Jack, equally powerful. We chose Frank Leo for the next hit. Stay tuned. We're going to get right back to him. Let's take a break. Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. It is a show about money, and every now and then when the world goes kind of crazy, it's kind of funky town, I must say. Funky town in real estate, funky town in interest rates, lots of funk going on, but we're trying to make some sense of it all. As my good friend, I tell you, when you step back, maybe elevate to 30,000 feet, and you look at the big picture, trust me, we will get through it. The interest rate hike will end. Uh, Now, Frank said a little more hike coming. I'm going to say a lot more hike coming, and I think Jack's going to sit in my camp. We've still got another vote. I don't know, uh, three quarters of a percent to a, a point and a quarter coming at the market uh, between perhaps now and year end. So uh, the market is certainly bracing itself. And we saw an inflation report this week that showed inflation remains stubborn above the economist's expectations. So uh, the U.S. Central Bank will be raising interest rates. Uh, when is that? That's next week at Jake and I. Yeah, it's on Wednesday the 21st, the FOMC. I'll play some YMCA maybe next week for that one. Frankly, the Lion joining us. We're going to talk a little bit more about the real estate market right here in our beautiful uh, city. Uh, tell me something, uh, Frank, if I may, if to, just for a second, because you, you have a big brain, and I know you think beyond your immediate front and backyard of this beautiful city called Toronto. Um, nationally speaking, and also regionally speaking, um, which markets uh, have corrected the most um, and how is Vancouver uh, holding up? Because that has been the most expensive city in Canada for probably 20-some-odd years now. Uh, do you, can you speak much about those markets, just anecdotally? Absolutely. Um, Vancouver is holding its own as well. I mean, obviously, there's been a reduction in price like Toronto. Where you're getting the, the, the more um, pronounced decreases is in areas where people have reached out and moved further away. I think COVID had something to do with that as well, where you didn't have to stay close to work and people moved a little bit further out and now they have to come back closer to their to work and driving back and forth has become a problem. There's extra costs. Gasoline is up as well. So there's other factors I think are creating a, a more difficult uh, market uh, for homes that are outside the core where the employment is. Well, the other point, of course, is that word inflation. And Jack has been running into my office three times a day this week. Well, another client complaining about inflation. Uh, hey, Jack, you're certainly picking up the vibe, and the message has been pretty, pretty clear. But the piece of inflation, and again, when you look at the basket of the components of inflation, you start to drill 
into the formula. Uh, we all know food energy are key components to inflation, but lodging costs, I think that represents about a third of the CPI index. And within that is rent. And as housing perhaps is coming down, but interest rates are going up, you're not seeing a change in your monthly mortgage payment if you're making a new purchase. However, if you are renting and you just switched from apartment A to apartment B, 10 plus percent uh, increase plus those people who moved out to 905, 519, 705, uh, who now have to come back to Cannes or to Toronto are not necessarily buying in this market, they're renting in this market. Uh, so speak to the rental market. Um, and again, I, I maybe parlay that into this may be the way to get into the housing market is by buying yourself a home that actually can be partially rented because certainly rents are at a premium right now and space is limited. Exactly, but you gotta be careful. So I, I think people don't, don't realize one thing, and I think this is very important. Rents right now are very high and many people have mortgages that are still low because when they book their mortgages, they were at the lower rates. They're not mm -hmm. gonna have to renew for two, three years down the road. And so as a result, we don't feel the full effect of these interest rate increases for a year, year and a half. So people are renting out instead of selling right now because they're saying, hey, you know what, I can cover my expenses and be okay because the rents are higher, and that is true. But once they have to renew and their mortgages are increased, those numbers are harder to you know, manage in terms of paying their expenses. But what will also happen is that there'll be more rentals maybe coming on the market and those renters may move on to a lower rent when there's more supply. So it's not a long-term strategy. Although the rents are high, they're not gonna stay high based on what is coming down the road. I wanna talk about price anchoring. Uh, Jack, this is an area that you, you're very keen on talking about. Um, people anchoring their house price to previous peaks. Uh, how many discussions are you having with clients and are your fellow agents having with clients? And how easy is it to get people who own a home to have them readjust their market asking price to realistic market prices as opposed to previous what's called high watermarks? I see investors high watermark their portfolios all the time. And friends, you understand what I'm talking about? Basically, when you watch your stock account or your house value, and someone tells you what the high price was, you think that is the permanent price, knowing, of course, prices do fluctuate. So talk to us about that, uh, Frank Leo. Well, you know, this is a, a symptom of the market right now, and, and typically in the last uh, 20 years or so, we haven't had a long-term decrease in prices, unlike the early 90s where it lasted five and a half years. When we had 18 properties, for, for every 18 homes for sale, 17 expired, never sold, only one sold, and it took some wow. time to readjust to the current pricing. So um, based on what we're seeing, inflation is not you know, going away. Interest rates are gonna stay here for a while. And these price adjustments may be longer term. So I think people need to readjust their, their price positioning for their homes, or they will lose much more money. Time is against them. If you're gonna sell, sell sooner rather than later if you wanna get more money for your property. Jack, what's your comment on all that? Well, uh, Frank, you've been through the bear market of the 90s. Uh, how does this, because uh, I'm going to say we're at the initial stages of it, and uh, real estate is, uh, I'm going to say, inefficient asset class just because, uh, you know, the stock market that Wolfgang and I deal with, prices adjust every single day. Uh, they adjust in the real estate market, but you're only looking for one specific buyer. So how does this bear market, I'm going to say, in the first six months compared to the, the early 90s, which lasted five and a half years that you experienced? 
Well, I mean, I hope it doesn't go for five and a half years, but I mean, the beginnings are, are we're moving in a direction that is definitely causing some concern because uh, as prices adjust, people aren't expecting this. We've seen it and we know what happens. And, and when you're readjusting your price point, and if you don't do it right away, what happens is the price that you were initially able to obtain for the property, three, four, six, seven months down the road is substantially less. You could be losing $100,000, $200,000 on your property if it continues to decrease. And so that's where people don't understand, I need that money, doesn't matter. The need or want for more money does not increase the value of your property. You have to understand what's happening out there, see what the buyers are seeing, and be able to adjust to the real market conditions. And then what would you be advising buyers then? Because you're saying, you know, if you're going to be selling a property, you want to be the next sale in a down market. Um, what are buyers looking for and how are they positioning themselves? And how are you advising them? There's two things. I mean, if you're buying and selling, it really doesn't make a difference because if you get less, you pay less. Um, so that's, that balances itself out. If someone's getting into the market as a buyer, you have to be very careful of the cost of borrowing money because, you know, it's really making it more difficult. A young person told me that they applied for a mortgage back in February and they were qualified for $500,000. They went to the same institution, they have the same employment, and today they qualify for $98,000. That was actually before the latest increase in interest rates. So, sorry, sorry, Frank, repeat those numbers, please. We have someone went to the institution that they bank at and was pre-qualified for a mortgage of $500,000 mm -hmm. in February. Before the increase, they went again to see what they qualify for, and the bank, same bank with the same job, now $98,000 is what they qualify for. That's 80% less. That's what happens, yes. So it's the ability to borrow. So even if prices are lower, but the cost of borrowing is higher, many young buyers can't get into the market because the, the, the cost of borrowing is just so high. If you have all cash, it's a different opportunity for you, and great, but not many people do have all cash. So the lending standards have gotten more stringent. Uh, so let me ask you, Frank, therefore, on balance, is it an easier market today for first-time home buyers than it was, say, a year and a half ago, or is it basically the same struggle, just a slightly different flavor? Uh, it's it's I would say more difficult. The banks were more willing wow. to lend money at the at the at the higher prices, lower interest rates. They were more confident. The market was going up, so there was equity being built on a daily basis. Today, they're much more conservative, and they they are not as easily lending you money. So that's making it more difficult. The benefit in this market is this: buyers are able to really look at homes, not be rushed. They can pick the right home, the right amenities, the right location, and therefore they're making a better purchase. That that means that they don't have to move as, as often, right? They can be, buy a better home and be better off long-term. Are, are homes, um, if they are priced correctly, Frank, um, are they still selling within, say, seven to 10 days, or is it taking longer even if they're priced correctly to sell a home? Because I am seeing uh, some for sale signs in my neighborhood, and they've been up now for well over a month. They're not moving. Uh, so either they're mispriced or, I don't yeah. know, you tell me. If a property is priced well, uh, we've been very fortunate. We had a great month in, in, in August, and we started off the month as well. They're still selling. There's buyers out there, but, I mean, buyers are looking at opportunity to buy at today's prices, and so that's the, the understanding. I mean, just like the stock market, real estate's the same. You know, we don't know when the bottom's going to be, so if you have an opportunity to get in and you're able to borrow the money and, and the numbers work, jump in because it's about time in the market, not timing the market.
Well, I think real estate uh, even more so because I think generally speaking, real estate goes up with the broad economy. And if you're in a good good city, you'll go up plus an extra couple of percent. What we have witnessed friends at home for the last 10 years with real estate, you know, outpacing most asset classes uh, year in, year out. Again, that is not normal. Mean reversion must occur. Do you agree with me, Frank, or disagree with me? So that's Absolutely. Great. You know, real estate has been a stable, long-term investment, but this has been very accelerated, and it's wonderful because, of course, you know, I love to see people make money in real estate. But the reality is that long-term real estate has been a constant, you know, three to six percent increase over over time. That's it, and and you know, accept that and be happy with that. Uh, which means you got to basically be very patient when you buy a home. And I, I would say again to first-time home buyers, it is my Personal experience with a sample size of, say, three is if, buy as much home as you possibly can afford and stay in it longer rather than buying less than you can afford and then flipping because uh, flipping is expensive. Sorry, Frank. Um, great, great advice. Great advice. Let me share this with, this with you as well. This is very important. The problem that we have with, with housing is something that we need. You know, you can't just buy it or not buy it. You're, you're paying either your mortgage or you're paying your landlords, but you're paying a mortgage. So let's uh, yeah. get into, your, you know, you're paying yourself as soon as you can. You know, that, that's very smart. It is for savings. And, again, rates are still very low today with each monthly payment, even on your first monthly payment on the 30-year amortization. Over half of that monthly payment is going to create wealth. In other words, it's debt reduction. I think when rates were at rock bottom, it was about 80% of your monthly payment. But when Frank, Leo, the line and the Wolf on Bay Street bought their first homes, uh, my first monthly payment, 90% of that went to service interest. Frank knows what I'm talking about. He knows the math. And that was 12% versus, you know, what is it? Full we'll call it 5% today. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, a few of our clients uh, and personal friends of mine are snooping around at the cottage market. Uh, any any comment on what's happened with prices up in the the cottage country of, of in Ontario? And, you know, yeah, absolutely. The cottage market was was on fire, but you know, there's a lot of factors that that affected that. I mean, COVID was a, a an aberration that has really you know changed the way we live in the last couple of years. You know, being locked into our province and not have, being able to go anywhere, those cottages have gone through the roof, as well as pools and homes has gone you know through the roof. When it opens up. Will it be the same? We don't know. But um, it, it definitely got a spike in, in, in interest because of the ability not to travel. Uh, what about the Calgary market? Uh, oil's been a lot firmer, and that was a market that got hit so hard with lower oil. Um, obviously, oil has come back. Yeah, I still think the Calgary real estate market is still well off its peak, and that's before the interest rate hikes that we have now witnessed. Do you have any opinion on that? Any, any, any anecdotal comment? I, I'm seeing that as well. And um, the Calgary is, but it's fluctuating because of the the, the, the resource-based economy that it's in. So um, it's going to have that, those fluctuations. And as long as you have a, a good, you know, stomach to handle it, you're fine. But be careful; it's a different market than Toronto or you know Vancouver. Oh no, without question, you want to go boom or bust. That's 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 the province to do it in when it comes to Canadian living. Frankly, the lion. Uh, an absolute pleasure to spend some time with you. Uh, continue on with your successful voyage at uh, helping people find beautiful homes uh, to raise their families and create wonderful memories. And Thank make sure you, you always a pleasure. In a Thank you. Manner. Indeed. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio, we're going to speak about uh, the cost of money. Uh, Drew Donaldson, a mortgage broker, uh, is going to spend some time with us just to round out the discussion on, well, a very important asset class. And Jack and I, well, we like to talk about assets. 
Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Yeah, the best things in life are free. Who said that? Who said that? Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But I remember when I studied economics, even in high school, uh, my professor said, my friends, economics is everywhere. You cannot avoid economics. Tell me something that's free in life. And, of course, the smart student that I was not, I didn't put my hand up, someone else did. Uh, So, well, sir, sex is free. Uh, No, you have to have a room. You have to have a mattress. Hopefully safe sex. You need a condom. Everything has a price. There's like economics in everything. See, economics is not that boring. And, well, my partner, Jack, he has his degree in economics. He loves those numbers. Uh, I'm, of course, a bit more uh, artistic, I shall say. Uh, but I like numbers, too. They do matter, uh, especially when it comes to buying a home. It, it's all about the math. There's so much math in buying a home. It's not complicated math, but it's math that you must truly understand implicitly. Amortization tables. Uh, change in interest rates and how it's going to affect you, uh, the, uh, the room for safety, i.e., what if the cost of financing goes up when I renew my mortgage in five years? Hello! That's the situation we are in right now. Drew Donaldson, uh, Donaldson Capital, uh, formerly author of News from Drew, but he's evolved into Donaldson Capital. What a successful man. He has become... Um, that's what bull markets do. They create these wonderful industries. But uh, here we're in a bear market, Drew. Uh, so far, 2022, how you holding up? And what is the mood uh, of consumers dealing with the mortgage stress of rising interest rates that we haven't dealt with in 20 years? Yeah, thanks for having me, Wolf. Um, you know, the last two years have just been uh, unprecedented as far as growth and the amount of really the amount of deals that we've had in the mortgage industry to, to help people. So we were working, you know, late hours around the clock. It was almost unsustainable <laughs> and, and unhealthy. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, the last, I'd say 60 days, things have really shifted in the real estate market and the volumes have, uh, have definitely subsided. Um, people are taking a little bit more time and, and understanding that the cost to finance these homes are a lot higher. Yeah, so, well, and, yeah let's ask the question, how much higher on a monthly basis uh, are you seeing? Yeah, I'm seeing, I mean, if I look at 500000 mortgage amount at a 30-year AM, 1.5%. So really that was only nine months ago. Uh, yep. The payment was about seventeen twenty-five per month. Uh, yep. That same five hundred thousand dollar mortgage, thirty-year amortization at five percent, is now twenty-seven hundred dollars a month. So pretty much a thousand dollar shift in seven to nine months of, of rate hikes, or over that's over a fifty percent increase in the monthly payment. Fifty percent increase. Uh, 
That's a big number. Yeah, it really is. I mean, people are being affected by it. I mean, the wealthy are kind of looking at it as a, an inconvenience, um, but still willing to look at deals and, and take advantage of maybe a, a lower purchase price. But, but anyone who's on the fringe or a first-time home buyer, you know, we have to have some sympathy for people who just got out of school and, and maybe buying their first home. Uh, that's, a, that's a massive shift in payment for somebody. It is indeed. Uh, it is indeed. Um, in terms of uh, being able to create the down payment, prices have corrected. So meeting the down payment requirement has become a little bit easier. The employment market continues to remain strong. And again, friends, I'm going to give you some uh, old man advice. I'm 57, um, but I'm on the back nine of life. I have to admit that, unfortunately, but it's fine. The fairways look pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say about first-time homebuyers is very, very important. Ah, first-time homebuyers, what do you need to do to create that down payment? You need to save some money. And how do you save money? Well, you've got to go to work. Uh, this remote work, remote living, uh, gone digital, no more going into the office uh, on my own is, is historic. Uh, it is not to be repeated, and it is fading, and it's fading fast. And guess what? There's an opportunity. Here is the opportunity for anyone under, say, 35 to 40. Get into the office and get in early because no one is in yet. You're going to be now ahead of, well, the older guy decides to stay at home uh, and, and work remotely. It is so important to remain engaged, learn, observe, uh, engage, participate uh, in a humanly face-to-face manner. You will succeed. And the opportunity to present itself because people are not working as ambitiously, I believe, as they otherwise should. Uh, speak to that, Drew. Are you picking up that vibe that uh, some people just don't want to go back to work, but they're missing the, I think, longer-term opportunity? And I'm hearing the statement, what we need is a good labor shakeout uh, to wake people up again. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm with you. It's uh, Money was almost just, you know, in abundance, right? It's You know, you're getting handouts from the government. Um, you know, people were able to work from wherever they wanted to. They were still making more money. A lot of the companies were making record profits, so they were getting bigger bonuses for maybe even not doing a lot more work. Um, a lot of that's changing. The shift is happening. Uh, you know, people are going to have to really work hard. And, and like you said, get in there early. If you're in your, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, I mean, the only way to, to, to rise up the ranks is, is really, you know, work harder than anyone else, uh, network, and, and, uh, and make sure that the company's prospering because of you. Correct. Show value. Show value. Uh, look, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking with um, Drew Donaldson, uh, Donaldson Capital. He's a mortgage broker. Friends, if you are uh, looking to purchase uh, real estate, uh, I strongly encourage you to use a mortgage broker. That's someone that can shop all the banks, so your own bank plus the bank's competition. And guess what? I promise you that the competition will give you a better rate than your own bank. I've witnessed that umpteen times. Yes, your own bank, unfortunately, not your friend. Uh, stay tuned. Hi-Fi Radio 640, Toronto. Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.
That's what the show is all about, my friends. Cash money. We need it. Unfortunately, we do. And friends, have you not witnessed inflation? Are you not complaining about inflation? Yes, you are. We all are. It's unbelievable. And we all really see it firsthand at the grocery store or at the restaurant. Um, boy, oh, boy. And there's certainly a lot of it. Rents gone through the roof. Housing prices down, but interest rates gone up. And that's a huge factor. It's a huge cost. Uh, so that, too, is very, very inflationary. And, uh, Jack, wasn't that incredible, that, that note you sent me? Um, was it the federal government that wants to hand out $4.8 billion dollars? Uh, to help marginalize the people below the margin uh, deal with inflation, uh, which I think is good. You know, we have to help uh, the, the less privileged. We have to help those in need of help without question. But the, the purpose of dealing with inflation is to try to encourage people to spend a little less to slow the economy down. Handing out $4.8 billion is going to have the opposite effect. It is in inflationary it'll make matters worse but i also don't want to see people kicked out of their homes and living on the streets so it's, it's a conundrum what, what do you think of it jack absolutely well um i was shocked when i saw that you know we saw over the the covid crisis uh sir which was you know direct deposits into uh canadian bank accounts um at historic rates and and what has happened we we have historic inflation now there's other factors that are involved the ukraine war and uh, supply chains and all those types of things as well but when you put more money into the system, you're just adding gasoline to this fire. So on one end, you have central banks, Bank of Canada, raising rates to slow down the economy. And on the other side of it, you have, uh, you have the federal government doing fiscal policy, government spending, and putting direct deposits into uh, bank accounts once again. So you have two countervailing forces there. So it's, it's uh, a bit of a conundrum. But the, the fact is, Wolf, inflation, and we've talked about this this week multiple times, inflation affects everyone. If you own a home, it's down, I'm going to say 15 to 20% right now. So that's, I'm going to say the high net worth Canadians, they have assets that are down anywhere from 15 to 20%. Fixed uh, income assets right now are down even more. Um, and then you have the lower income that are just trying to meet their, their daily subsidies. I think that's what the government is trying to help here, but they just have to be uh, cautious in how they do it. But no, inflation does affect everyone. And the point is, uh, everyone is putting gasoline in the vehicles. Everyone has property taxes to pay. Uh, those with mortgages are going to see higher interest rates. That's inflationary. Um, entertainment is inflationary. Uh, just go to a concert and see what you're paying for those concert tickets. Uh, it just, it's just incredible, uh, the amount of inflationary forces coming at us. But again, friends, I do think it's going to subside. And long term, uh, I think it was Mark Schmel from Fidelity uh, predicting Inflation long-term, probably 3-ish percent, and longer-term interest rates, probably 4%. Uh, interest rates at some point are going to peak, and at some point will actually become lower. Uh, Drew, what's your opinion on, on interest rates? And there is what's called a dot plot, bond market curve, that does its interest rate forecast. doesn't always get it right. In fact, it's been adjusted recently. What's your opinion? When do rates peak, and when do we actually see a bit of reprieve in interest rates? Yeah, I think we're very close to that number now. Um, you know, all the economists are saying monetary policy is now in, in restrictive territory. So it basically went from an overnight lending rate at 0.25% to 3.25%. So 3% in the last seven months, uh, which is now in restrictive territory. We're calling for another 50 basis points, maybe 75 by the end of the year. Um, likely in, in uh, 50 basis points and then a 25 in December. Um, mm -hmm. But after that, at some point, they got to go on hold here. 
and just uh, and, and kind of let, let the increase of rates kind of do its work through the economy. Well, the U.S. Central Bank, uh, Mr. Powell, at the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium, clearly stated to the market, if you expect me, the head of the bank, to pivot anytime soon, you sort of got another thing coming. Uh, we are inflation fighters now. So freedom fighters, step aside. We're the inflation fighters. The war on inflation is happening in America. So he's talking pretty tough. In, in terms of, let's get, take this back to the mortgage market. Um, in terms of calls coming in now for uh, new mortgages, Drew, are you as busy as you were, say, 12 to 18 months ago, or have things really slowed down in terms of the pipeline of new business uh, that you're entertaining? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're still busy, but by no means are we the way we were 12 to 18 months ago. That was uh, unprecedented. But, I, you know, in August, I'll, I'll give you an example. I mean, I'm working, I don't know, 9 to 5 now, where before I'd be working until 8, 9, 10 at night. I had some big producers in the mortgage industry and even a few at, at the major banks texting me, reaching out to me, being, saying, hey, you know, are, what's happening with your book of business? Because I haven't had a phone call in a week. I haven't had a phone call in a couple of weeks. And so as much as our business has gone down a little bit, um, from what I'm sensing from people in the industry, it, it's gone quite cold in the last, uh, let's say, 30 to 45 days. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. I'm not seeing turnover, of, of, again, anecdotals only, but in my neighborhood, I'm seeing some for sale signs up and staying up. I am seeing a few turning over quickly, but again, obviously, they were priced properly. Price does matter, my friend, and unfortunately, your CASA, is an asset no different than Microsoft stock, no different than the Apple stock. That price does fluctuate. You have to unfortunately accept that if you want to transact in it. Uh, but if you don't move on price, uh, unfortunately, the market will go by you, and you may have to further adjust prices, as, as Frank Leo was saying previously, uh, to levels you really don't like. So if you want to sell your house, price it properly, I believe, and move on. No different than the stock market. If you don't like the way the market's acting and you think it's going to go lower in the future, that gives you some reason to lighten the load. I'm not saying it's strategically wise because uh, you have to obviously try to reload at a lower rate. That's tricky to do as well. But you just have to accept the present situation and either say yay or an aid to it. Uh, Jack, I'm going to give you 15 seconds final comments. I'm going to have to say uh, a Rita Virgie to our, to our beautiful listeners. <laughs> yeah, I would just say to Drew, uh, great comments, but how, how the market has shifted. How are the clients reacting to this shift in your, in your view, and, and what's the difference in the clients? Because before it was panic, how quickly can I get the money? Now, now what are you seeing in terms of buyer expectations um, and financing expectations? Yeah, we're, we're seeing larger down payments. Um, you know, really the, the wealthy, I, I, I always give people credit who – you know, the price drops 20%. The ones that are actually coming back to the table, usually they're the, the, the wise ones because they're seeing an opportunity, right? And they're looking to take advantage of maybe some of the fear and panic in the market. Um, so I'd say larger down payments, uh, parents getting involved, uh, things like that, co-signing if, if, if the, uh, the son or daughter can't qualify on their own. Um, so there's still, there's still going to be buyers and sellers in any market. And uh, really start of September, things have picked up. Uh, a lot more than August, I'll tell you that. My friends, that's it for the show. Hi-Fi Radio, 640 Toronto, each and every Saturday night. I am Wolfgang Klein. Any questions about money, anything, reach out to me. I will get back to you, as will my partner, Jack Hartle. WolfgangKlein.com is where we can be found. And, well, between now and then, have yourselves a great weekend. Enjoy your week next week. Work hard. Put some money aside. Continue to enjoy life, my good friends, with a smile on your face. Hold your head high and walk on the sunny side of the street. We'll be back with you next Saturday. Same bad time, same bad channel. 
You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any questions about money, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. Join us again next week. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.